0: You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round
1: of Snarky Faith Radio. I am your host, Stuart Deloney. And my, oh my, snarky nation out there. This has been a crazy, insane last week. We had the Gorsuch nomination. We had the Republicans going with the nuclear option. And then on top of that, We had Syria Things are topsy-turvy The world is upside down But guess what We may have some answers for all of that Here on the show today Um, Yes i focused this entire show Around us Having a sit down Having a family meeting Having one of those talks you do And we kind of just pull the couches together Put our drinks on the coffee table And we look eye to eye and talk about what the hell is going on. And so we're going to get to that. But before we get to that, we've got to have what's good, what's bad. So here we go. All right, first up for what's good, what's bad this week. Let's start with the bad. The really, really bad. um, And the fact that... Well, Republicans have finally okayed the fact to sell your browser history to the highest bidder. Which is something that I'm pretty sure no constituent was saying, please, please, please check out all of the porn or all of the puppy and kitty images I'm looking at on a long daily basis. But yeah, that's a thing. And that passed, and that is moving forward because guess what now internet and telecom companies can share your personal information which includes your web browsing history without your consent and i know like when you've heard this on the news for the most part everyone's saying hey clear your browser history right now guess what guess what they don't need you to clear your browser history because they're recording it on the other end Your browser history is just what's on your computer and how your computer records wherever you go on to the light and dark of the Internet. But fear not. Uh, I've got a few articles we'll post on what's good, what's bad over on the website, www.snarkyourfaith.com, to help you realize what you can do and how you can protect yourself against this. My main issue is, it's been like the whole thing all along when people are like, oh my gosh, people can hear, can listen in on your cell phones, they can uh, access your Samsung TVs and all this other kind of crazy stuff that, you know, that we've heard in the past, all, you know, that the government can listen in. And my answer to the whole thing has been, I'm actually pretty boring. If they want to listen and if they want to waste their time doing it, it's fine. But my issue with this whole thing is the fact that people are making money off it. You know, I would even have felt better about this if, like, Time Warner was going to cut my bill in half and then would sell out all my information. I'd be totally fine with that. Like, if that's the way they wanted to operate, like, give me a discount because you're making money off of me in this way. It's totally fine. Do it. Go for it. you have my blessing. Just give me a discount but we all know that's not how it works. Yeah. We're going to just get it on both ends from them. So go to the website if you want to have some information to protect yourself from all of this craziness because it is crazy, but there are answers to this. Next. Oh, my. If I'm allowed to have a woman crush, especially a woman crush intellectually, it's not my wife, don't tell her. She's going to find out anyways, because she transcribes all of our shows, which is a feature that I don't know if all of you guys know exists. Um, If you ever want to follow along and read the transcription of our shows, you can check it out because my wife is a transcriber and she transcribes every single dumb thing I say on the show. So she's going to know that I'm saying I have, I've got a crush, man. Samantha B. went full on like schoolhouse rock about an issue that was going on in my home state of Georgia, nonetheless, about where they found in the state that women were being raped and they were submitting the rape kits so people could find out who did this and prosecute them. But guess what? They had thousands of them sta- they going back for 10 years. 10 years where no one has done anything about it. So yes, check out the video. It's actually a beautiful story of bipartisanship working for the greater good. Next. So what is it about sculptures? And I'm just going to admit this. I find sculptures absolutely creepy and weird. And Cristiano Ronaldo, the famed football player, had one recently made of him. And it is absolutely scary and frightening. I don't know if it's back because of Doctor Who and the Weeping Angels or what the issue is, but I really don't like sculptures of people. They look creepy. But his is actually really comical Because it looks nothing like him You can check it out on the website Next And lastly Whether this is good or bad You can judge for yourself But it's come out That Mike Pence Won't have dinner with a woman Who's not his wife Which is part of this whole thing And we've talked about this before on the show The Billy Graham rule uh, Which is crazy And insane And I don't even really know why this happens But yeah There's some great articles about that But but I want to talk about that more, and I think we're going to do another show that is about the insanity of the Billy Graham rule and why it's actually not Christian and why it's misogynistic and why it's crazy. But there's, we're going to put a few articles up on the site so you can read about this antiquated quasi-Christian rule that we have. But our show is packed today. There's lots of action. There's lots to talk about. So let's just go ahead and get to it. Here we go. So as I keep getting reminded... This is not a political show. No. The whole point of Snarky Faith, the whole reason we started the jam that we have going here was simply to hopefully, to possibly add a voice of sanity to the way that we wrestle through religion, specifically Christianity in America today. And I'm going to tell you this, this little talk that we're going to have, this little family sit down, this little chit chat that we're going to have, it's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly. But it's one of those interventions that needs to happen. Like we have to push through the ugliness. If we hope, if we have a prayer, if there is any ounce of daylight in this crazy situation that we're in right now. Because honestly, in so many ways, when I begin to look at the news, when I begin to read through social media, on a daily basis, I end up having actually less and less hope for American Christianity. You heard it. I think it's going down the toilet. I think it's like... It's, it's had a taste of the crazy sauce, and it can't get enough. And it keeps spiraling downward. It keeps getting crazier. It keeps getting further and further off mission. Now, let me clarify this. Am I saying Christianity is dead? I'm not saying that. Am I saying that Jesus was wrong? I'm not saying that either. But what I am saying is, is that the brand of American or Western Christianity that has been so prevalent has reached its apex of insanity. And I know so much of the problem behind this, kind of the footnote that is, that is pushing all of this, is politics. It's the fact that American Christianity has essentially kind of gotten in bed With politics. We've talked about this endlessly. But it's these strange bedfellows. That have driven us. To the edge of reason. That have driven us to the edge of sanity. Because. I have no effing idea. Where American Christianity is going. And if it continues on the path that it's on. It's going to be a train wreck. And that train is going to go off a cliff. And insert many other metaphors of destruction moving forward. But the weird thing is, I actually don't mind it. I mean, I think that the establishment that has been created around the Christian industry in America needs to burn, burn, baby burn, to the ground. And hopefully from the ashes, we'll actually get something that makes sense. We'll actually get something that echoes the sentiment of the words and the cause and the movements and the kingdom that Jesus laid forth so many years ago. And I also don't think that this is by accident that we're having this family talk on the week leading towards Easter. Because for those of you that aren't familiar with the Christian story, which is, what, point zero percent of you, Jesus had to die to be able to live. And I feel like this whole like death and resurrection theme is absolutely on point for what needs to happen right now. I think we need some demolition experts. Can I get an amen? Or can I actually just get some demolition experts? Because I really want to blow all of this up right now. Yes, I've started off this whole show. I sound so positive. I sound so, but I actually am going to get positive on all this. I am. But before we can get to the positive, before we can get to those hopes, the the glimmer of light just breaking into the darkness of night, we've got to go through the uglies. We've got to walk through the mile of crap to be able to get to where we need to go. And yes, there are miles and miles of Christian crap that has been stacking up. All of them this last week. I'm not even going to be hearkening back to the crazy crap of of yesteryear, of the stuff that has happened way before. No, no, no. I just want to talk about the stuff That's been going through the news and making my stomach churn, making my blood pressure go up, making me shake my head and making me question, do I still want to use the word Christian anymore? Because in all honesty, I'm almost at the point where I'm just like, let's just stick to Jesus because Christianity as a brand trademarked in America has failed us. It has gone down the tubes. I believe in many ways that it's at the point of no return. But I'm going to tell you a little later when it's not a bad thing. So hang with me on this. Because we're going to talk through several articles that have been out in the news that are going to Light things on fire. Let the hypocrisy needle go all the way over into red because we're going to hop into it. So here we go. So this last week, the website US published this story. I wish the site was the onion. I wish it was the Babylon Bee. I wish it was satire because every bit of it reads... As satire. But as I go through this, it makes my soul hurt. And it makes me pissed off. So the title of the article starts this. It's called Evangelical Leaders Says Those Who Oppose Trump Could Be, Quote, Punished With a Gay Child. Yeah, you heard that. That's the thing. It's real. And I didn't make it up. And when I saw this article pop up, the only thing I could bring myself to do in the comments section was post the simple word, barf. Because otherwise, I would be swearing in the midst of this. And so, I'm going to walk you through this. So, they start off by... Like, it's even hard for me to have like these words come out of my mouth at this moment by talking through this, and this isn't democratize this. they're talking about it's going to be Kenneth Copeland and Mary Colbert for this article. And they're picking apart what these evangelical quote leaders. I'm putting the quote around it because I think there's snake oil salesmen. but yeah. And so I'm going to read a bit of this article here. And so this article is by Michael uh, Kalecki Jr. And uh, I'm going to read a quote from here. And it says, if you doubt that Donald Trump is God's chosen leader, however, you may be inviting misfortune upon yourself and succeeding generations of your family, according to some evangelical leaders. Mary Colbert, or maybe it's Colbert. I don't know. I don't want to put her in the Colbert category, so I'm just going to call her Colbert because we love our dear Stephen Colbert. So Mary Colbert, uh, for one, is certain of this. And she said, quote, it's not that Donald Trump is all that per- perfect of a guy. We all know he's not. And we know that he's not necessarily perfect in, en- in every way that we would like. But that's not how God works." He works through the ones he chooses, and we don't choose them. End quote. So first of all, guys, we're breaking this apart. Wait, wait, wait. The we in this situation, like that God chooses him and we don't, I really, folks, please, don't put this crap on God. Like, there's this entire thing called, like, the election process that we all go through. You know, the one where there's a certain day of the year, and certain states even have early voting before that certain day of the year, and people go. And if you're in certain states, you show your ID to prove uh, where you're from, and you walk into a booth, and you do this thing that we call voting. So sorry, Mary. Mm, I don't know about God choosing a good old orange Trumpy. Pretty sure the people did. Kinda think that's how it works. Well, if we're talking about the people, we're not talking about the popular vote, we're talking about the Electoral College, and let's not even get into gerrymandering. That's another topic for another day. No. So first of all, I'm calling BS on this, Mary. I don't think that we can say God chose this job of the hut of a tangerine that we have. She goes on to say, quote, all we have to do. Recognize them. She's speaking about the chosen one. Recognize them. And when you recognize a chosen one, and you have the discernment to know that they have been chosen and know that that is the will of God, then your life, your life will be blessed. And if you come against the chosen one of God, you are bringing upon yourself and your children and your children's children curses like you've never seen. It puts a holy fear in me. End quote. I don't know why sometimes when I get mockingly, my southern roots come out, but you just have to deal with this. Oh my gosh. Like this statement is so incredibly... Destructive. This statement is so insane. It's so many things that the FCC will not allow me to speak on the air, and that's all I'm going to say on that. But oh my God, you come against God's quote chosen man, that you are going to be cursed, and the and your children and their children's children are going to be cursed. Seriously. See, this is in those weird areas because if those of you have not been raised around Christianity, okay, in Christianity, there's kind of this this consciousness. There's this idea that witchcraft is bad, right? Which is why, like, years ago, you saw all these Christians being like, our kids can't read that Harry Potter's book. It's going to make them all devil worshipers. That is a thing. Like, evangelical Christians, a lot of Protestant Christians... See anything that would be like witchcraft or uh, like Wiccanism or anything else like that? Is like ah, it's demons everywhere. But the funny thing is that when sh- this woman is calling out curses onto people that opposes a political official, a political official, mind you, I will remind you again, that was not chosen by God. He was chosen by a process. flawed process, but a process nonetheless. And so, yes, I could take a moment to throw open my mouth, swallow it down, keep doing this like I'm a mama bird, but I won't. Because it only gets better. Because then you have, and I think we talked about good old Kenneth Copeland. He's kind of a throwback to those televangelist days. You know, the, the scummy snake oil salesman that would proclaim God, that would talk about the prosperity gospel and how, like, God will bless you if you give me money. You know, that kind of a thing, that kind of hypocrisy, that kind of stuff that, again, I'm going to say, I know in America we brand that as Christianity, but it is not. It is, I mean, this is, it's it's a Ponzi scheme. Like, televangelists are a Ponzi scheme waiting to happen. Because you just keep... Spinning BS as long as you can. Make as much money as you can as you actually hurt and harm those folks that are sending you money. Because they are people that are expecting and wanting to find hope. They're wanting to have their faith inform their hope, saying, I'm in a bad situation. I want God to come through for me. The sad thing is they end up turning These charlatans and these charlatans do what charlatans do, and they bilk these people for money over and over and over again. So, all right, so we've already established that Kenneth Copeland is a scumbag, and on his show, which is on the Trinity Broadcast Network, which is also known as TBN. And if I'm feeling oh so saucy, if I'm feeling like I can actually remember that I'm promising you this right now on the air, I'll attach this on our website, www.snarkyfaith.com, under our show today. Uh, I had done this years back. I actually went on a tour of TBN, Trinity Broadcast Network, of their studios when I was actually down in california taking students on a missions trip we were actually trying to serve the poor and doing that kind of a thing and i this it had been a dream of mine to go there but it was one of my own snarky mocking dreams to go there and i have a video where simply i actually talked my way into being able to bring a video camera in and around the studio and in and around what was going on there sadly they weren't filming that day but as 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 I can I can spend BS with the best of them. And so we came there and I had like a video camera ready to go. And the guy's like, we can't have that inside. And I was like, oh, sir, this has been a dream of mine. I have wanted to come here. This is kind of like my Mecca. Oh, we love the work that you're doing. And the security guard tells me, all right, you can go ahead and film what you want. Which was beautiful. And so, Yes. I am, I'm writing a note right now to remind myself to throw that video on the website so you can watch this as well with what's going on here. I'm not going to tell you it's the most top quality, but it is insane what these places look like, how lavish they are, and also how absolutely cheesy and insane and crazy that these folks have done to be able to make money off of the name of our crucified and risen savior. So, blah to all of them. Okay. So let me get into this. Sorry, that was a huge rabbit trail that we sent me off into left field. Okay, so back to Kenneth Copeland. So Kenneth Copeland said this on his show. He said, quote, if Christians don't support Trump, they are risking the wrath of God. Trump has been chosen by God and by rejecting him rejecting him they are rejecting God if they could be punished with barrenness poverty or even having a gay child so Copeland's answer to this is that if you oppose Trump that somehow God is a vindictive a-hole and he's gonna punish people with barrenness Barrenness is the biblical term of not being able to have children. Poverty, hey now! Or even having a gay child. This, when I read this, my brain wanted to explode. Like, violence wanted to pour out of me. Like, you're telling people that if they oppose Trump, that God's gonna curse their children to be gay? What in the hell is wrong with you? I mean, on so many levels. A, that having a gay child is a curse. And B, that God would work in such a vindictive and evil manner. And the reason they talk like this is because, honestly, I do think that, that they believe that God works in evil and vindictive manners that God is vengeful and angry and he has a cup that is full of wrath and it's constantly spilling over because God somehow has tremors. He's like, "Ah, oh, sorry, I spilled some wrath there. Too bad for you that got the wrath spilt on them. What? This is absolutely, and it's a word that has usually been used against me in most of my career when I worked in ministry, This is absolute heresy. And so heresy is speaking against really the core tenets of someone's belief system or faith. I have no idea where these folks are getting this stuff from. But whatever manure pile they keep digging this out of, somehow it's bottomless because they just keep going. They're shoveling this all the time. And all I can say is these stories, and we have more. We have more for you this hour. These types of stories are exactly why we started the show three years ago. Because we wanted to be able to cut through the American BS of Christianity. To peel all of it back. Because it's kind of like when you have like an infected part of yourself, a wound, that wound needs to be cleaned, it needs to be dug out for healing to happen. And over my career of working in ministry, hypocrisy was a big thing for me. Hypocrisy was a big thing that actually came on at an early age. And Yes, if you'll permit me to go slightly off topic, it'll help you to understand my own insanity if you're a regular listener of the show. All right. So, when I was three years old, I had, uh, my parents uh, had, not me, uh, well, well, my sister was born. And she was born, she was severely handicapped, severely autistic, uh, she couldn't walk or talk, and that... became something that was very difficult on my parents. It's very difficult in any family when you have a special needs child. And my mom's way of being able to deal with this, and again, I'm not throwing shade on her, I'm not faulting her about this, was she tried to turn to her faith. We, we had been really raised uh, Southern Baptist for the most point. And yeah, pretty fundamentalist. But when you have these kind of things come into your life, I guess, you know, when you have... The dream of how life is supposed to be and when you have a huge curveball, it kind of changes everything and it leads you to really grasp at things. And so living, and it was very difficult. I love my sister very much, but it was it was a very difficult childhood to kind of go through because your entire life, your entire family's life revolves around caring for the special needs um, of this person. And so my mom's answer was, she went seeking the promises of folks in charismatic or Pentecostal circles, much like Copeland. Now, back then, when televangelism was very new and very exciting, and they were probably making their best profit margin back in the early day we simply would go and visit these places. Like I, I, I would get drug around with me and my sister, with my mom. We would go on road trips and journeys to try to find a lot of these faith healers because my mom was trying to reconcile in her mind, like how do we do this and where is my faith and, and does, this, does, does my sister need to be healed and, and where is God's will in this? And there, there were so many questions, more questions than probably any parent needs to be able to wrestle with especially when you're trying to raise two young children. And so I found myself as a kid really not understanding what was going on. I would, I would end up going to these prayer meetings and prayer circles all over the place, and I got introduced to the wonderful topic of speaking in tongues by sitting around and going, what the hell is going on here as like a six- and seven-year-old kid where you have folks that are just shabalaka, I don't know, you know, just going through these motions of somehow, again, remember this, this is the weird part, remember this, Christians are very afraid of anything that seems like witchcraft, but then you also have these circles where people are speaking in tongues and chanting things and hoping for things to happen, which, eh, what's the difference between that and folks selling spells and curses? I don't know, I really don't know, That's, that's that's a different aside there. But, but I remember, I remember from an early age being a kid that, that I, 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 this, none of this made sense to me. And so we would go to tent meetings. You know, we would go to rallies. And, and I may have mentioned this a while back on the show, but I, yeah, I, I literally, because um, I was a kid and I had asthma, I found myself being pushed into a line of people going on stage with Oral Roberts a faith healer who also has Oral Roberts University that he had established for his brand of conservatism. And I remember myself being pushed on the stage, not really knowing what was happening. Because when you're a young kid, either A, you don't listen, or B, people just don't explain anything to you, and they assume that you know what's going on. So I found myself being pushed on the stage as a kid in in a huge auditorium. And I'm like the only kid that's up there. And you're kind of like waiting in line, like next. And the guy goes like, walks in center stage, and it's like, you know, in the name of Jesus, you're hailed! And, you know, he would kind of... He had this swooped back, old kind of pastor-style hair, sweaty hands, bright lights, all that. And, you know, he would, he would go up and pray over her and tongue-speak or whatever the heck he was doing, and then shove him back! And then you had two other kind of suited goons that were kind of like the... What is it? Like the Donald Jr. and Eric of the bunch that would, that would catch the person because the person was so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, they would fall down and be drug off somewhere in the back room. And so I find myself being up there as a kid, and finally it's my turn, I stand up there, and he does his blee blee blah ba blue or whatever, you know, uh, to me, and throws me back, and I, A, nothing <laughs> happened, and B, I was just like, what is this? Like, what did this accomplish? You know, I walk away, From that instance going, I I still have asthma as a kid. And in those circles, the way it works is if you didn't get healed, it's not God's fault. It's your fault because you somehow didn't have enough faith. And for me, growing up in and around the church, there was always this duality. There was church and there was God. And... Through all my messed up childhood, my, all my messed up weirdness, because I don't know if my odd childhood made me odd or if I was odd and it just made me odder. I'm not exactly sure. But going through all of that, I, I, was, I was always able to see that these were two different things. And working in ministry for a number of years, you begin to see that people get burned by the church, that there's dishonesty, that there's, there's all this craziness that happens. And people are like, I'm never going back to church because of this. And, and the sad thing, and this is not a judgmental statement because I think it's a natural human response that a lot of people have. But what happens is they end up looping church and God together. And so a church, which is run by people who are fallible and oftentimes messed up, and especially depending upon how fundamentalists you're getting are really messed up and are really misguided and their lenses and the way they view the world is way warped. So folks that go through these scenarios end up saying, God isn't real. God's not there. All this is BS. Why? Because the way that they viewed it, church and God were so intermingled and entangled that you could not untangle them. And so for whatever reason, my entire life, I've always had this duality of being able to see the difference, which has actually served me well as I've worked many, many, many years in church ministry and I've seen lots of crazy crap. Uh, seen lots of atrocities. I've seen lots of hypocrisy. I've seen lots of just horrible things done to people, quote unquote, in the name of God. And as you'd say here in the South, all that stuff, it burns my biscuits. It does. It makes me mad. Because I will tell you, throughout my life, there's been situations where I have absolutely experienced God, but it wasn't in these crazy, like, you know, lights and laser shows versions of stuff. It wasn't in all of this compulsion stuff. It was a lot of times in the small things where I would see the creator of this earth show up and be real to me. And so, all of that, all of my 10 minute aside is kind of giving you a little bit better context because I had, I had a friend and a listener of the show a while back tell me just be yourself more, tell your story more, be honest more. And I had actually just kind of forgotten about that until right now. And so this place, this space that we operate in, this snarky faith that we do here, this is meant to hopefully speak out to folks that have been burned and say, this is, this is a sinking ship, this is hopeless, this is wrong. And I'll tell you, it is. But in America, especially just in the Western world, Christianity has become this industrial complex. It's become this money machine. It's become this institution that was actually the same kind of thing that Jesus was raging against back in his day. The thing that he raged against, the thing that pissed off the Jewish leaders of the time, the main reason that they sent him to be crucified was because he was trying to bring down the powers that be back in that time. He was trying to be able to speak in a way that said, no, 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 God is not far off. No, no, no. You don't have to pay your way to find God. No, no, no. You don't have to be manipulated by the leaders of these institutions to be able to find God. God is here and he's here right now. And he cares about you. He cares about the marginalized. He cares about the forgotten. He cares about the poor. Those are the people that are close to God's heart. So when I begin to see this, especially in the week walking towards Easter, thinking about the fact that Jesus was killed by the Pat Roberts, the Oral Roberts, the Kenneth Copelands of those times, the Jerry Faldwells, all of those religious right type of people, he was killed by them. But God was bigger than. Than that. So let me return to our next crazy article, our next insane piece so that we can dissect it, so that we can see where there's truth and where there's BS. We, when we can see where God is in the midst of this because in this Copeland stuff if in this 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 Colbert stuff that we were reading God is not anywhere Near that, the hate, the Trumpness, the manipulativeness of all of that—I am telling you, God is nowhere in that midst. And if He is, He is shaking His head. Because I had heard someone say this years ago, and—and I think what kept me on the Christian path for all these years is somehow I was every once in a while was sprinkled in with like people that like that got it. People that were just real, and they walked away from this kind of like fake it till you make it holiness, false holiness that's out there. And every once in a while, I would bump into them. And and someone had told me years ago, as actually my good friend Joel that I actually have. He'll he'll send articles to the show, and he'll write articles on our website every once in a while. But he'd said that you know that if Jesus, if Jesus came back today, the exact same thing that happened at Easter would happen again. So if Jesus came back and began to speak against the hypocrisy, the immorality, the, the absolute money-making of the American church right now, one way or another, they would find a reason to drum him out and to kill him. And history would repeat itself. Because that's not the story that you hear that's going to be preached on Easter, people because they like to talk about hope and victory and all this kind of stuff. But I think we sometimes have to take a look way back and say, where have we come? And where have we fallen off the path of what this whole movement was supposed to be about? So here's our next article. So this next article was sent to us by one of our listeners. And the article is by Curtis M. Wong. And he's writing for the Huffington Post. And it's entitled this. You can just read the title. And you could be done with this article after you read it. Um, and the title is a quote from Michelle Bachman. I could just end it right there. <laughs> I could just say something Michelle Bachman said. That's it. We're done with the show. Good night. Have a good week. We're bye No, okay. So, so it says Michelle Bachman, like, quote, God sent Trump as a reprieve for trans rights and I saw this I saw this when it came in my email and I was just like what like what and and this is my issue this is my issue before even hitting like exactly how awful and how hateful and how damaging and how ungodlike that statement is out of the mouth of Michelle Bachman, before we even get to that, one of the things that gets me is these so-called Christian leaders that like to tell everyone what God is doing. They like to tell people, oh, Trump is God's chosen. Oh, Trump is here to help us. Like, even thinking back to Pat Robertson being able to say that, I remember when when, uh, the hurricanes hit Haiti and just, just leveled Haiti. And, and he started floating this story that, that this is all about the fact that Haiti had signed a pact with the devil years ago and this was God cleansing them. And when you hear stuff like that, when you hear things spouted in such hateful, hateful terms and tones, I can understand why no one would want to go back to church. Because if that's the God, if that is God, I would want nothing to do with him either. When in fact, all of this is just in, it's, I mean, I'm putting this on the level of fake news, conspiracy theory, crazy Christian BS that's going on on a regular basis that I really just can't take anymore. Because the thing that bothers me the most about all of this is they continue to use the name of Jesus when they talk. I am totally fine with this. And and I want to give them like a reprieve and say this fine, continue to call yourself Christian. That is fine. But I myself need to find a different word. And I'm fine if you continue to spew your version of insanity and hate. But please just stop using the name of Jesus to back that. Because if you knew anything, about the life of Jesus Christ, none of these statements would make any sense. But all of that goes to show you just how far off the mark we have gone. So in that article, which is talking about a, um, an interview that Bachman did with the right-wing watch, which sounds like a party in itself, right? Those guys sound like fun. I want to go hang out with them on a Friday night. Let's hang out with the right-wing watch guys. Jeez. No, thank you. So they have this. Bachman is quoted as saying this. She said, If Hillary Clinton was going to continue and double down on the policies of Barack Obama, I think people just saw no hope that the United States would return to a position Judeo Christian morality. End quote. Oh, <laughs> uh, where to start? I'm not even going to because I think that statement, the amount of crazy in that statement is kind of like the amount of bile in my mouth right now, even reading it. I'll just keep reading because, again, I, I can't fully express myself. Thanks, FCC. Okay, so she continues on saying, we're in a situation where the President of the United States, on his own, just issued a sheet of paper and said overnight, every single public school in the country would have to have the girls' bathrooms open to the boys and the boys' bathrooms open to the girls. Which, if you're a North Carolinian, we understand what she's talking about. We understand the thing that our jolly green... At McCrory laid out here the HB two uh, about transgendered rights and about new ways to find bigotry to happen. Uh, and I mean, it is it it actually it's kind of inventive about the ways folks can become more and more hateful and more and more intolerant and more and more bigoted. I mean, every day. Uh, I well, these are like these are like some sort. This is like an innovative hateful creative think tank that exists somehow where I feel like people sit around all day like with Steve Bannon in their underwear and and just figure out new ways to hate people. So she continues on that, but she's referring to this whole bathroom bill thing that Obama had overturned in a certain sense to be able to give rights to trans people. Okay, so she continues saying, what we were told from the White House is that when we look at our body in a shower, our body isn't, re, uh, isn't reality anymore, so we actually get to choose if we're a boy or a girl. The problem with all of this is that statements like this lack any amount of empathy for folks that are trans or even in the LGBT community. It is so tone deaf and it is so hateful and it is so off the mark. Because guess what? I'm going to tell you this. Uh, This is my Easter story. Um, If you read through the Gospels, you read through the Gospels and you uh, listen to what Jesus said, and if you pay attention to what he did, Jesus cared for the marginalized. He cared for those that were forgotten and pushed away in society. He cared for those that the powerful of the time could give zero care about. Sorry, that was not very articulate. But yes, they did not give a rip about these people. And these are the people that Jesus, the Son of God, went and said, you feel like the world has abandoned you, but God is with you. God has not forgotten you. And when I hear stuff like this, I am just, it, I don't even understand this. And Listen, I can't control people. I, I, I can't, I, you know, you can't. And I don't want to. So I can't control the way people think. I can't control the way people hate. What just gets me, and I guess it's kind of been my over and over theme that I'm hitting you over the head over and over again with, with this is, have your hate, have your intolerance, have your homophobia, have your xenophobia, but keep it to yourself. Don't try to make all of those things legislation. Don't try to impose your views onto other people under like, the guise that this is somehow a Christian nation, which is a whole nother show in itself. But don't, don't make it your job in life to push people down, to weigh them down, to hold people under your thumb. Because if you want to do that, just don't say that you follow after Jesus. Because actions and statements and hate like this has nothing to do with why Jesus came. It doesn't. It has no place. And the only thing I can kind of scratch my head and think about like how folks like this continue to move forward is is just the fact that they're really trying to harken back to an idealized view of the past. Because that's the funny way that memory works. When we think about the past, we either tend to blow it up in the positive or blow it up in the negative. And I think a lot of these people are just kind of taking this cultural Christianity idea of what things were like in the 50s and push it forward with ignoring the fact that there were so many atrocities that the church ignored back in the golden age of the 50s. How far have we gone? And how much do we need to just repent for what the church has done, for what the church continues to do, and for how far off the mark that we are? It grieves my soul. It makes me angry. Because I don't think the message of love and grace and mercy that Jesus preached has also a weaponized side to it that somehow benefits people's earthly agendas here. And, like the Kenneth Copelands of the world, make them rich. You see, that's agenda. That's not religion. That's not faith. That's not God. That's somebody using something as an agenda. And that's really what we're beginning to see with this religious right movement right now. We're beginning to see the fact that folks don't grieve and cry and mourn over the atrocities that are happening in Syria. We don't see the fact that people are suffering and hurting. And our response is to say no. Our response is to build a bigger wall. Our our response is to be more xenophobic and more hateful and more fearful. And that's a problem. I mean, that's a huge problem that I'm not quite sure how to reconcile. But I will tell you this. If anybody's with me, if anybody is with me, I want to take back the name of Jesus, the the message of Jesus, the works of Jesus, the example of Jesus, and especially as you know we're approaching Easter. I want to take it back and begin to say fine. If you guys want to call yourselves Christians, if if the Wesperos, if if all these other religious rite of of the world, if you guys want to continue to call yourselves Christians, fine, take it. Take it. You guys have already shat on it plenty. So let, let let's we just need to come up with a new word. And, and I know people have been like, well, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm not a Christian. I don't know. I, I I and again, maybe I'm saying the exact same thing that I'm looking to wordsmith this, but but for me, I I want to take the words and the hearts and the action of Jesus and apply it to the way that our world is hurting and broken. Because it's a message of hope. It's a message of. God has not forgotten you, that there is still more to your story and that your story matters. The institutional church may have turned its back on a lot of people out there because they've become more consumed with money and power. But that is not Jesus. And just like I was explaining earlier in my story, there is a huge difference there's a huge difference between the church, and the message and the way of Jesus. But you've heard enough from me this hour, and as I begin to end this broadcast, just a reminder that you can catch us on podcast at www.snarkyfaith.com. Um, and when you go to the website, just something I want to push out to you guys: we have a bunch of opt-in forms that you can sign up. And we're not spamming anybody. We're not pushing anything out. You'll get like once a week you'll get the podcasts and writings from the show. But more interestingly, um, and you haven't heard much from him lately, but we're moving back into the rhythm of getting our own Dr. Ben back on the show on a regular basis. And what we're planning on doing is starting up doing once a month, one show of the month. We're actually going to do live over Google Hangout. And we want to be able to invite you guys into it. Uh, We want you guys to be in on our dialogue so it's not just us, these talking heads, talking over and over again. Uh, We want to be able to hear from you. So if you want to be part of that, sign up, because we'll send out invites to the list that we have there. Uh, If you're feeling generous, go over and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look up Snarky Faith. And if you're feeling even more generous, go over onto iTunes and give us lots of stars and give us a review, because those are the things that keep us up in the ratings. It keeps us up there so more folks can discover our message, our heart, our mission that we have here on Snarky Faith. But that is all I've got this week. And I just want to tell you, dear Snark Nation out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this process. Um, Yeah, I, I I just want you to know the emails and the other stuff that I get from people, just for you to know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate your heart. And I always appreciate your feedback. So again, like I'd gotten an article from somebody today. If you have articles or interesting stuff, send it to us. If you have comments, send it to us. If you have criticism, send it to us. We're all open to that. Um, but either way, I just want to tell you, to go out and have a blessed week. Go out and find hope where hope is happening in your life. And if you see folks that are hurting, um, do something to make a difference. That's all I got this week. And I'll catch you guys again later. I'm out of here.
0: Wcom is listener supported community radio and snarky faith is only possible through our sponsors. Aqueduct Conference Center was established in 1978 as a peaceful destination for small group meetings, special events, conferences, retreats, and weddings. For more information, go to www.aqueductcc.com. We are also sponsored by Lumen. Lumen. A spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters, and skeptics is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be better than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.